As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. All right, guys, welcome in another Panther Ranch podcast with your host, Watt Harris. Well, we finally have a new Panther, as the coins of the phrase. If you're on the message boards and you uh, would pull up the football or basketball board and you had the mod or the guy who ran the site would have that big giant subject that said, we have a new Panther. And, uh, usually it was recruit. I remember when Dave Wonstadt was hired. They Panther their game five stars. You know, they said a new Panther. It was a five star Dave Wonstadt. And there was a quote that said, you're a football coach. Because, you know, he was going to take a um, broadcaster's job initially until his wife told him, to, you know, uh, to, you know let's, let's go home. You're a football coach. Let's go home to Pitt. Which made it such a feel-good story because it was a Pittsburgh guy. Well, actually more, actually technically, we're, you know, being angry attentive. He's actually from Baldwin. But of course, with the pit, he worked in the Jones and Laughlin steel mills on the south side. So you had that. And of course, a football resume. Love power football. And he comes back, you know, back home to coach. And it was a, such an awesome feel good story. And of course, you had to hear all the stories about how he's telling Sally Wiggins in an interview. How he, how he uh, you know, got back here and he had a fish sandwich and an icy light. And you could see that uh, Sally was getting turned on in her chair. She was squirming, you know. Probably made good sweet love to her husband when she got home. You know, if, she's, you know, if she is married, I don't know. But anyways. Pitt hires Duke assistant Jeff Capel. And... He's a long-time assistant. He's got some experience. He was at VCU. During, you know, when they were starting to come, become a really good program. And, of course, they're in like 10 now. I forget what conference they were in, but they were... Uh, they eventually went and joined the Atlantic 10. And they always had such a... Uh, they were... Especially in the Shaka, they were very threatening group. Eventually, they made it to the Sweet 16. You know, I mean, not Sweet 16. They went to the Final Four. I know because I was there watching the game. Uh, just get my coffee. And, of course, you know, he made it to Oklahoma where he was with Kelvin Sampson. Oklahoma made a ton of noise that, you, you know, 
during that time, I mean, he recruited Blake Griffin, who now is, you know, who, who one time was one of the top NBA players in the league. Now he's probably, I mean, he's still a really good player. He's just not the tops in the league. I mean, injuries took its toll on him. But of course, they created Lob City in, in the in, you know, for the Clippers. That was Lob City. And, you know, things fell out at Oklahoma, recruiting scandals. He ends up at Duke. And he's the associate head coach. And naturally, things worked out from there as he was the, uh, he was, you know, Coach K's ace recruiter. And I think, you know, I think he was ready, obviously, to be a coach. I'm sure Coach K probably knew he was ready. Hence why he's uh, here now, Pitt. And, you know, Heather did this uh, probably the right, right way. Because you had a whole bunch of accounts. Saying they were interviewing this guy, that guy, they may have just as well. And of course, the you know, John Shire was the uh, supposedly going to be the you know the the candidate we we're going to settle with. And people freaked out. It turned out to be not the case because I don't think Pitt would hire a guy with four years of assistant experience over more qualified candidates. It would just be a bad look. You know, in the case of uh, Shire, he's pretty much committing career suicide at that point because he's taking out, you know, he doesn't have much, any kind of coaching experience. He's taking over a program that just uh, got, you know, came off, you know, an, you know a winless ACC season. And of course, uh, the roster was purged, uh, you know, you know, the offseason before, you know, before. Before this all came about, and he's looking at possibly more players leaving. So, at his early age, Shire would have been you know killing his coaching career before he even really get, gets off the ground. I mean, he's young; he probably would recover. I'm sure Coach K would have uh, took him back in under his wing and showed him what he did wrong. But this is a good hire for Pitt because obviously this guy got a lot of pedigree and he can recruit. So he's going to get Pitt back off from the ground. And already two two uh, two players who were supposedly leaving. Wilson Frame with Sham Stevenson, they're going to stay, which is great. You know, that's pretty good for them. I'm sure more will follow. We'll see. I would like it if Marcus Carr would stay, but I have a feeling he's gone, judging by his Twitter. But I could, but I could be wrong. And as I'm recording this, he's probably already staying with Pitt. 
I'm not sure about Parker Stewart. I know he. I know I heard that uh, some people are saying there were some rumblings about uh, that he had, he has a relationship with Penny Hardaway, and Penny's obviously in Memphis now. So after they ran out Tubby Smith, after he you know basically got that program back off the ground as well. And as soon as he does that, he gets forced out, which is you know a horrible look for Memphis, but. They really want Penny as their head coach. And I hope it works out for them because it could be disastrous. But yeah, Heather like, you know, he she kept this pretty tight lipped and uh, and it seemed like Sure had her Sure had the guy hired for days. You know, he was already, you know, the you know the, the contracts obviously were already signed and uh, as soon as he, as soon as Duke got eliminated, they were able they were able to make it official. And so, while uh, for days we all freaked out and they're interviewing Shire, they're doing this or doing that, I'm sure I had them wrapped up. And you know, some of the time that makes sense, but. Uh, Obviously, some of the guys that were, that were considered would have been bad hires. I mean, Mark Schmidt would have been bad, but it's just the timing is horrible. It's a total rebuild, and it's going to need a, it's going to need right, the right person to do it. Maybe if there was a good nucleus in place, where they just came off like a twenty win season or something, or NIT. It would help that coach, but you know some of these guys, and you know it just wasn't the right timing for them. But uh, I'm pretty excited about uh, obviously this season for next for next season coming up. I think a lot of people are excited about pit basketball now because they got we got a really good coach and. No disrespect to Kevin Stallings, nice guy. It's just he wasn't the the person we wanted because of the uh, options. Or at the time, there was there's plenty of options, and supposedly you know Capel was uh, interested to pitch up then. Actually, I mean there was a bunch of coaches that were to pitch up back when Jamie left. It just that. Uh, Scott Barnes already had his guy that he wanted, and of course it was his buddy. Now Kevin Stallings has a nice retirement package because the you know, report came out that him and Pitt sell their sell their uh, their their differences. So who knows how much that that buyout is? They won't, they're not they'll probably never disclose that amount. But I'm sure it was reduced. And we really haven't had, heard much from him since, I'm sure. He probably won't talk about it much. And Kevin left us a lot of memories that we'll cherish. Whether it's the losses or the post-game press conferences that were so awesome 
you know, especially the first year when he pretty much would, you know, pretty much tell the players they sucked. Then he had the Louisville incident. And he also had the Cam, the Cam Johnson incident where uh, after the game he was asked about Cam Johnson, about how he played, and he, he, he starts talking about Cameron Davis. So, oh, oh, those are one of, that's, um, that's one of Roy's players. Yeah, I'm, you know, you might want to ask Roy about Cam, Cam Johnson. I'm, you know, I can't, you know, I can't call him on his play. He's not one of my players. Probably the funniest thing I, you know, I've ever heard. And basically what it was, is that the media was looking for a story. They were looking for quotes. And basically he just told them nicely to go F F off somewhere. But anyways, we all can agree that uh, whatever, whatever side you're on, we can agree it's good that uh, we got Stallings out, and we got great, really good, really great coach in place, and. You know, things are better days are ahead. Let's see what who, let's see what he brings on you know, in terms of staff as well. All right, final four. Obviously, obviously starting off, we got Michigan and uh, Loyola Chicago, and uh, both basically both these teams are kind of similar because they're just well coached. Bayland, Bayland's players always do uh, stuff out of nowhere, especially in the tournament. I mean, from his time at West Virginia, where the Pitts no go Gansey and uh, I forget the other guy's name. It's I know he's a I know he's German. Abert, I think his name is. I forget, but. You had those three guys, I remember, and they and they would just sit there and they would just throw, just sh- shoot three pointers, and just drill them. That was the year they made the the run to lead eight, and they were just playing out of their minds that season. They swept Pitt that year. And what was odd about that is both those games, Pitt had leads, and West Virginia just shot the crap out of the ball, and they just had a big streak that season. I mean, they were just hot. And of course, you know, they were fun to watch as well. I mean... Who doesn't like seeing a bunch of guys throwing up three-pointers? But if you watch Pitsno, if you, if you watch Pitsnogles, he was uh, coming in the in through college. You knew he was going to be a really good player, and he was. And of course, you know that I guess their final their final year. I think uh, Pitt took two or three because uh, the regular season, 
Pitt won, Pitt won one game at home. West Virginia won the other. And then they met in the uh, Big East tournament. And Pitt won that game. It was it was close, something throughout, and I think Pitt pulled away at the end. And the big exclamation point I remember was when Pitt had a fast break late in the game. It was the game was pretty much over. I believe Crosser threw up an oop the Aaron Gray, I think is what it was. And it was like the big that was the big exclamation point. Because the season of West Virginia swept us. We had our struggles well that year. I mean, we got off to a streak, but that year we didn't have we didn't have much depth. I believe uh, Julius Page and Jerome Brown were gone, so we had you know, we had Chevy, Mark McCarroll, Krauser. Oh, we had some really young guys too, and Ramon, you know, Keith Benjamin, DeGrote. We also had Aaron Gray and LaVon Kendall. Jesus, you know, as, as, as I'm popping these names off, I didn't realize freaking how bad that we had it that year with that team. I mean, that actually. Had to have been Jamie's uh, one of his probably better coaching jobs he's ever done was the fact he got twenty plus wins out of that team. Because they uh, they struggled down the stretch, but as I'm you know popping these names off, shoot. From that roster, I have to go look at that roster again. Oh, we had Yuri Demetrius as well, and there was a lot of high hope for Demetrius that senior year, and he ended up uh, struggling that year. I remember he lost his ankles against Rutgers, or somebody I guess you know juked him out of his ankles and threw up a three. Put us in overtime with Rutgers. Oh, we had Chris Taft. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out how we won. How we won so many games? We beat UConn that. We beat UConn at UConn that year. I remember. We were down ten to half, and I remember it was a big thing because we were down pretty big, but Pitt was able to. Cut it to almost ten points at halftime, I believe is what it was. It was that was a huge thing for Pitt. It set the tone for the second half. And Pitt just uh, demolished UConn the second half. And I think Carl Krauser fouled out too, or he was in foul trouble that entire game. So Pitt, for the most part, was screwed. No, I'm trying to think, who else do we have? Oh, Antonio Graves was there, and I think he was only a... I don't know if he was a freshman. But as I'm naming his names off at the time, and a lot of these guys were young. Tap and Benji were freshmen, but... Uh, no, actually, Tap was a sophomore. I'm thinking Benji and Ramon were freshmen. 
Ramon was really the only guy who saw meaningful playing time that year. DeGroote would get in here and there, but DeGroote's defense wasn't good. Which is why he always, uh, you know, for that one year, he spent all the time on the bench. And Benji just wasn't there as a player. It wouldn't be until later where, at times, Jimmy Hitt was forced to play him that he actually developed into something halfway decent. But yeah, that team, uh, as I'm getting off topic here, off, off the trail here, they managed to get like an eight seed, I think is what it was. They lost to Pacific in the opening round. I think uh, Taff, was, Taff was struggling that year. And I think he was just waiting to get the NBA, but we would find out later that he had a back issue. And, of course, he was near the end of his basketball career because of that. So he really had no choice but to go pro and get a paycheck. And he would come, he would come back to pick his degree eventually. But he had, he had at that time he had to go. But he just seemed like he wasn't really that whole interested at times. Trumpet was a partier. And, I, and it's funny... We talked to a lot of people who at the pit, or people hung out in Oakland. They would always—I t- mean, a lot of people always tell you stories about how they hung out with Chevy Troutman or they partied with him. Or one person told me he went to Ocean City with Troutman and partied with him. But that year, just that team wasn't really all that. You had that the team just wasn't focused, and they lost a lot. At that point, I mean, they still had some decent players. It just, it was a skeleton crew. And, you know, people questioned, you know, Jamie's, uh, you know, ability as a coach, what, if he can get it done. Then, of course, the next year, Pitt is a, uh, becomes a player for the Big East. They actually get to the Big East Tournament Finals that year and they won a whole bunch of games they were beating the crap out of teams because you know he pulled in that class of Levance Field Sam Young and Terrell Biggs but getting back to what I'm talking about Bayline's teams were just really good you know Michigan they've been really really good I didn't think he would have the success in Michigan he's having. He has not won a national championship, although he played for one. And it was his Louisville team who, you know, had their, you know, that, that tile was vacated, obviously. And it was a close game throughout, I believe, and Louisville pulled away. But. If you look at the name of Louis Chicago, you figure that uh, Michigan's got a clear path to the finals, and really, it's not guaranteed because these Louis Chicago players are well coached and they execute pretty well, and the players are decent. So this will be a tough game, and I I, I think 
ultimately Michigan wins it because well, on paper, talent-wise, they're, they're, they're going to be better. Well-coached, just like uh, Lois Chicago is. But I think that Lois Chicago will give Michigan some fits early on. And eventually, Michigan will just pull away. Villanova, Kansas is another animal in itself. It's two one-seats facing each other. and People will probably make the argument that this is going to determine the national, t- you know, the national champion. Which is a bad thing to do because... You know, in terms of Kansas or Villanova, you just beat your, your opponent that was a one seed. Now you got to face Michigan or Loyola Chicago, and you may not take them as serious as you want them to. Want them to, because hey, we already play for a national championship. We we got these scrubs here. You know, both those teams are dangerous. We've seen that. Heck, UMBC was dangerous, and <laughs> they beat you because know, they beat you know Virginia. But uh, I like Villanova. Same thing. I think Kansas will give Villanova fits early, but Nova wins because they're just more talented and they're just better. And they don't have. And one thing Villanova doesn't have is Grayson Allen throwing up throwing up bricks. You know, Jay Rice's done some big things since uh, his first Final Four. You know, he, where he beat Pitt, where he beat Pitt to get to the Final Four, but he's done some big things since then. He, you know, it's another Final Four for him, and he may be playing for another, another national championship. I mean, he's done some really big things. Even if the Big East was still intact the way it was, I think he would still have. They would still be perennial winners. People say it, you know that. That loss turned the course of good basketball, which is uh, kind of, which is short-sighted because two years later, Pitt was a Pitt was back into the double tournament as a one seed, and they had their Final Four gift prep to them as well, and of course they could get past Butler. So that was that. And then, of course, Pennadilla players leaving, you know, Jimmy Lossel recruiting class, the whole ACC thing. You know, that's all what killed what really hurt the change of course of Pitt Hoops. Not, just, not, not, Vill- not losing to Villanova. Which is funny because Jeff Cable recruited Scotty Reynolds, and of course, he ends up with uh, Villanova. Gee, thanks. But anyways, I like Villanova and Michigan in the finals. And I like Villanova to win the championship. But, uh, you know, I could, be, I could be wrong. Of course, my bracket was dead in the first opening week. So it wouldn't surprise me. But anyways, I've been rambling for long enough. Enjoy the Final Four this weekend. Enjoy, you know, the new coach. And what happens afterwards. Alright guys. Hell in a pit. Bye.